Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Hello, thank you for listening to the New Vision Podcast. She could have been a journalist or a marketing executive, but when time came for Esther Kalenzi to pursue her calling, she chose to help the helpless. She quit gainful employment to establish 40 Days Over 40 Smiles, a youth-led charity organization that supports vulnerable children to access quality all-round education while also providing entrepreneur training. As we conclude our Women's Day podcast series, we shine a light on the life and vision of a young woman whose passion for helping the needy has changed the lives of over 2,000 Ugandan children and empowered several young people in the country. Esther, welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Kindly tell us, who really is Esther Kalenzi? Um, I am born into a family of four children. I have three brothers and I am the last born and only girl. I enjoyed my childhood. It was really survival of the fittest, I should say, because I was always trying to be just like my brothers, doing exactly what they were doing, uh, getting involved in the heavy-duty stuff, in their games. If uh, early on they, <laughs> they would destroy my dolls and my constant rebuttal was to go and report and... Yeah, they would get a stern warning, but then we would go back to where it all began. My family had a basically opened off policy, so I grew up with a lot of aunties, cousins, grandparents. It was constantly a full house, and much like in African tradition, Nothing was ever really yours, <laughs> whether it was your bedroom or your bed or your clothes. And so from a very from a very early age, I think I learned that not only the concept of sharing, but also giving and realizing your privilege. So for those who are orphans, for those who weren't earning as much, and so they kind of look at the people who have succeeded and I use success success very relatively because <laughs> for some people it's actual wealth of being a billionaire and for others it's just a few hundred thousand shillings that could help you take care of a home and raise your children thus, and also get an education for your children thus becoming the most successful one. And so... It was a full house and I can't, I don't remember a time when I sat there and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm in pain, oh, I'm suffering. There was, there was enough attention to go around and mostly there was enough love to go around. Esther, you seem to be such an ambitious person, which is a good thing. Did you ever dream of having a former job? Um, so I've never really sat for my adult life. And when I say adult, I say from about 17, 18. Because in my Form 6 vacation, I used that time to volunteer as a teacher. When I started university from my first year and we had a long holiday of four months, I would do an internship. And I did this internship for the entire three years. So that means I had no holiday. 
I stayed on after I graduated, hoping to get a job, which did not happen. And so I started to look around. And what happened was, despite the fact that I had graduated with a degree in mass communication, I could not find work as a journalist. And the weird thing is that when I was in Form 6 vacation, I was actually writing articles. I was a freelance writer. And despite having that and also studying, it was not enough for me to find a job. And a few opportunities came up, but there were the kind of opportunities where you have to say, this person has sent me, so can I now have a job? And I was very desperate to create my own path. I wanted to get everything that I had on merit and to earn it. And so I had made a conscious decision to steer clear of any path that led me to be someone's niece, someone's daughter, someone's friend. I did not want to have a godfather, a godfather in quotes, hovering over me. And I wanted to make mistakes as Esther Kalenzi. I wanted to succeed as Esther Kalenzi, and that was just it. So even when I was doing work and not getting paid for it for the most part of... Um, Throughout my university, but also like a year and a half after university, I was very privileged to have parents who were willing to pay my transport and accommodation. So I was willing to, 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 to go through all of it. But also I have to admit that it was because I knew that I had a fallback of at least I have food and clothes to wear and a place to sleep, which is not the case for so many other young people. And uh, I, I finally got a job in 2011, and um, it was in a marketing and business development firm. And for the first time, I knew what it was to actually be on payroll, to be recognized as staff in meetings, not to be the intern at the back who just photocopies and <laughs> collects tea. <laughs> yeah, I was finally someone with my own voice, and could get yelled at for mistakes and applauded for the things that went well. And I actually created a beautiful family out of that first job, which was also my last <laughs> job in the conventional sense. I got friends who have become friends for life to this day. We still do life together. But also I had a great boss from whom I learned a lot. And... Even when 4040 became serious and I went to have a conversation with him about quitting my job so that I could do 4040, he simply said that he had seen it coming because he saw how much 4040 made me come alive and that he supported me. And for me, that was the biggest vote of confidence that I could ever get because all the adults in my life, and when I say adults, I mean people older than me because I was an adult at the time, where really they thought I was insane and they could not understand why I would want to leave a job to start figuring out something without a plan, without money, without actually knowing the future of it all. Esther, someone would really want to know. Kindly tell us the story of 40 days over 40 smiles. I love to tell the 4040 story during Lent because this is where it all began and it's very, very dear to me. So I was working at the marketing firm that I have mentioned and Lent was coming up 
and I realized that for a lot of us, rent meant fasting meat or alcohol or simple things that to me were not quite sacrifices. And yet I felt like we could do more. I felt like I could do more. So one night I just had the idea to use the 40 days to actually collect items, toys, blankets, books, anything for children who were out there who didn't have family the way that I had. And in my head, I was like, I'm just going to get my friends and family to support and then get this thing done. It was a one-man show in my head, one-woman show in my head. And I, I didn't know what I would need. I didn't, I didn't plan. That's the one thing I didn't do. I didn't plan. I just went with my gut. And the next day, I went to office, opened a Facebook page, called it 40 days for the 40 days of Lent. And over 40 smiles, because it was 40, it matched. And I thought there would be over 40 children who would make smile. And so that was 40-40. That's how it was born. And throughout that period, people were silent for a while until they started to give. They would call me. They would send mobile money. They would drop all these things at my office, and I tried to hide them under my very small desk unsuccessfully, I might add, because everyone knew what was going on. Until my work met Terry, offered me space at a bakery, which was just downstairs at the office. And then we started to put the stuff there. And before we knew it, um, 40 days were done. I had collected 3.1 million in cash and identified two orphanages that were going to. And when I say we, I mean it was my friends. So I had friends from every corner of my life, primary school, high school, university, the friends I had met at work, and that was the only unifying factor. They came because they knew Esther, but when they got there, some of them became friends, some of them are still friends, and together we actually did make over 40 children smile. To be exact, there were about 150. And in that moment, in preparing for all of this, in hanging with those children and just laughing and eating and dancing and crying, so many tears were shed. I felt like I belonged. I felt like this is what they call purpose. And I did not know what it looked like in its entirety, but I knew for a fact that this is what I wanted to do. And since then, I have been building 4040 with the support of so many people, across the world and yeah it has become the movement that it is today well running a charity organization actually requires a lot of funding if i may say so how have you managed to sustain your organization 4040 is people best it's volunteer best the people who work at 4040 are all volunteers um the communities we work with currently are slum areas around makindia division and our funding comes from Ugandans, mainly Ugandans and mainly youth. And we use fundraising events to raise the money. We have people who pay a monthly subscription or contribute annually. We sell merchandise, t-shirts, travel bags, backpacks, wristbands, hoodies, and keep on coming up with new exciting items so that people can buy them because they love them and they think they're, and they believe their quality but also know that somehow somewhere this this item that I've bought is changing a child's life so it's not that we've not tried to get funding from bigger organizations at home and abroad we've been successful a few times but nothing sustainable 
And so we realize that instead of waiting for that big breakthrough or for that miracle $1 million that's going to help us change millions of lives, we might as well start where we are with what we have. And that's what we've done and continue to do <laughs> and hopefully will do for as long as we possibly are here on this earth. So what are some of the programs that you run at your organization and who do they mainly target? We run a program called Angaza, which is derived from the Swahili word for shine. And in this program, we support children to basically love reading just for fun, to write just for fun, to express themselves, to be as confident. They come from homes where their parents are not prioritizing, telling these children, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're going places. Because they too are struggling with so much and maybe don't even believe that in the first place. So we try to get to these children's inner core to make them understand self-awareness. Who are they? Who are are the people around them? Why are they the way that they are? Why is the surrounding the way that it is? How can they be more resourceful and how can they be community agents? We are very, very, very passionate about getting people to do more from where they are with what they have. So just like I started with just a dream and a thought and a vision, and got people who contributed their money, which I then used to do something, they too can do something for their community in the smallest, littlest ways. And so we want to inspire that out of them, to get them to enjoy school beyond English, science, math math and SST. You can see the difference when they see the volunteers. Of course, teachers are looked at as the actual authority and they're scared they're going to Canas or whatever, but they're really happy around these youthful, vibrant volunteers, but also the message that comes. You can see them coming out of their shell. It's very comforting to see a child who could barely speak, now confident. And when we say confident, it can be in your local language, your mother tongue, it can be in English, just as long as you you own the stage, you know, you own who you are. And that's something even we as adults struggle with every day. So to be able to give it to this child, especially a child who might not have had the opportunity to get it, is what we are striving to do. And hopefully, as we go further, we are going to be able to do that way beyond Kampala to other areas in Uganda. Uh, So far, we've put up two dormitories, collectively accommodating 250 children. Um... We've set up a community library, which is in Luwero. We have run the Angaza program, the Angaza literacy program for three years now. Uh, we've worked with thousands of children directly and indirectly, hosted medical camps. And one of the things we are most proud of is that we were able to publish four children's books Um They have 18 stories in total, written by six Ugandan authors. And these are stories in which these children can see themselves, where we made sure that they feel represented because of all the other content that is from Europe or America. But finally, we gave them a chance to also read stories by them, for them, and hopefully we shall be able to also publish so many more of the stories written by the children themselves. We've heard about your volunteer program. 
Tell us more about this. I currently have 55 volunteers and of those 31 are interns who signed up this year and they'll be working with us for one year and at the end of the year they have the opportunity to either stay on or move on after the year. The rest are volunteers, many of whom have been there, some for over eight years of our existence, some for seven, some just came last year and fell in love with what we were doing, with what they were doing and decided to stay. We've also heard about a couple of awards that the organization has received as a result of hard work and dedication. Please share with us. Recognition has come in different forms. We've won the NSSF Torch Awards where we were the best overall in 2015, I believe, and we used the money that we received to set up the community library. I've won the Heroine of the Year Award from the Young Achievers Awards. Two years ago, I won a Point of Light Award, which is an award given by Queen Elizabeth to outstanding individuals across the world in the Commonwealth countries who are doing impactful work in their communities. Um, we've won the Social Media Awards for our campaigns. Yeah, there have been a couple. <laughs> there have been... A couple, and I would need to look into a list and be able to share that. But off the top of my head, those are the ones I can think of. Now, Esther, what advice do you have for fellow women struggling to establish their career? What I can say is, I hope that women, young women especially, can find it in themselves to just be who they are. The world is constantly telling us who to be, it's telling us what to look like, it's telling us what we must achieve, it's telling us who to be with, <laughs> telling us the definition of success. And even then, if we don't meet the definition of success, we failed. If we meet it and then go above it, then that's also a problem. How dare you overachieve? And it leaves you in a state of confusion because many times what you know and what you want to do are different from what society is saying. And so I urge women to just find a way to block out that noise, chase your dreams and secure the bug, as they call it these days, because... At the end of the day, it's just you. It has always been just you. And as we conclude, what is your vision for the future? We envision a Uganda where children read, read just for fun, where children are self-aware of themselves, of the people around them, of their surroundings, where children grow up to be responsible adults with integrity, very intentional about changing their community in the smallest ways as long as there is change, positive change. We want to build a generation where much as we depend on the government to make changes, we also understand that we have a voice and we have a part to play and we play it. That's something that we are working towards. 
We hope to put up learning centers across the country where children are able to access resources like books, learning aids, computers, even toys, but also skills where volunteers can go and train children and young adults in music, in art, cooking, so that they they always have a skill, they always have something to fall back on because we know that many of them might not even complete their education. Uh, Some of them are unfortunately being prepared for early marriage and we just want them to have something to fall back on, we want them to have something that's theirs that no one can take away. And that's what we envision we shall continue to do in the future. Esther Kalenze, thank you so much for sparing time to be part of uh, the New Vision podcast as we celebrate ladies during this International Women's Day celebration. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can always download more podcasts when you go to www.newvision.co.ug. Keep downloading our podcasts and share with someone. You've been listening to the New Vision podcast. New Vision, New Vision.